in the name of the moon, I shall spank you. Uh, great. Thank that you, good. good. <laughs> that's, you know, that's not a... <laughs> I'm not feeling super threatened. Yes. Hello, all you lovely people in internet land, and welcome to episode 51 of Game Life Balance Australia. I am your host, Robert Bailey, and I'm joined, as always, by the man who inspired the character of Severus Snape, Andrew A.C. Yoshimura. Look, I love wearing dark, long robes and hanging about in students' place, in students' dormitories, accusing them of shit they haven't done. (laughs) (laughs) Probably came out. That wasn't... Other than that, though, it's a complete fiction. (laughs) I was going to, like, you know, maybe I I thought you'd go, like, you know, stabbing Dumbledore or something like that. But no, you, um, yeah, you went went for the... uh, (laughs) Is that what happened? (laughs) I like to think that he just just threw away his sword... Just got out the old knife and just <laughs> went the old Uncle Stabber. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called now. That's what that's what a knife is called on the streets. Yes, after the notorious <laughs> notorious knife criminal. John, Jonathan Uncle we Stabber said knife. we made a promise yesterday that we would be nicer to him. <laughs> oh, we're terrible, terrible people, and I blame you. He does he does a lot of knife crime. Robert Equitus Bailey. There, there is a lot of there are a little <laughs> stabbing though. It's a strange spate of stabbings that's occurred in, I want to say, Minnesota somewhere. It is, I think it's Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. It's in cold. Fargo, it is, it's cold. Fargo Land. That's where. Fargo Land. Yeah. Okay. John Phil, Fargo Land, whatever. <laughs> God, this is already I've got my up. phone on a weird angle as well, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully it's right. I'm kind of having to lean in on a 45 degree angle. Yes. No, you look fine. The people at home will yeah. have no idea what you're talking about when listening to no, this. No, because this is going to be audio. But, you know. but you I'm, do I'm look trusting f- you will cut all of this out. I will do none. No. Episode 51, we are recording this uh, on the Google Hangouts. So um, mm-hmm. we do apologize for the lousy audio quality. I am recording in a tin can. And Andrew A.C. Yoshimura is recording in Japan. So, uh, Which is surprisingly like a tin can. Yeah, it's it's got some, you know, similarity. No, it doesn't. It's not like it's no, in no, no. I can't really, I can't really back that up. <laughs> okay. Uh, Basically, but, oh, uh, I am in Japan, uh, as men- uh, maybe mentioned by now. Uh, my mother-in-law has sadly passed away. After we recorded um, the last episode, it was only a few days before it happened. So, basically, I within six hours of her passing, I actually managed to get a flight over to Japan, which is nothing short of a miracle really and it was um the funeral happened or started happening a couple of hours after i got there wow uh so no rest for the wicked really and it was kind of like there was one ceremony on the saturday night and then it continued over and more things happened on the sunday but i'll I'll talk a bit more about that during the life segment yeah yeah i'll try not to make it sound too too depressing or anything you know (laughs) yeah Uh, that's right we we try not to make this show depressing it Increasingly has been depressing. But, uh, we'll try to. We'll I try think to, we've done a pretty good job considering what's been happening in the past couple of years. Yeah, 
but look at us we're you know we're making a podcast happen across the waves across the ocean and uh that's pretty cool yep. i like that and um, yeah, yeah it's uh go ahead <laughs> no, 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 would have been would have been better. What I wanted to hear that at the end of that sentence. Oh, it would have been better if there was like you know better circumstances, better reasons for why we're doing it. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm. uh, unfortunate that uh, you know it would have been good if I had actually got some good equipment with me as well. Uh, but well, so long as this is listenable, then I'm going to call it a success. Frankly, because sure. um, yeah, like I, the laptop I have over here. Is actually the microphone on it is so shit out it won't pick anything up anymore. This thing's mm. old; it's like ten years old or something like that. And I thought, oh, I could probably use it to stream, but uh, no, having none of that. So mm. it turns out it's actually easier and better to use my phone. There you go. Which is kind of crazy as well, really, isn't it? When you think about it. Yeah, I guess phones are pretty good at putting audio in and putting audio out at somewhere else. So um, kind of what they do or did yeah. originally. Yeah, so I guess it makes sense. But I am surprised that the laptop microphone wasn't, like, a little bit better. It was just very quiet and, uh, yeah. I managed to put up the gain on it. Like, I did a couple of tests. I managed to put up the gain, but it was everything in the background. So there was kind of no point. And, mm. like, you know, Japanese houses kind of made of paper. <laughs> That's what I've heard. At least a lot of the doors, which don't don't stop a lot of sound from coming through. So, you know, and everyone in the house to be quiet. Not that there's a whole lot of us, but, you know, there, there are other things going on around me. Strikes me that it would be so very with, difficult to be a stoned teenager in Japan. Like, you know, like, I can't... Oh, there's no, there's no such thing. Yeah. Like, if a very small amount, you're going to jail for a long time. I just mean, like, like, trying to smoke a bong in my room <laughs> with my parents next door and... And it's it's all paper and, and such. Um, probably, probably not uh, not conducive to um, a life of stonerhood. Um, I don't think uh, Rob would have uh, like Japanese Rob Robusan would have gotten away with that one. That's my typical first like first thing I think when I when I consider accommodation is could I get away with smoking a bong here? And uh, I like how what's how the likelihood? We were like you were vaguely hinting at this kind of thing and now it's just full of no nah, no nah, that's what my that's what my childhood was like <laughs> i did invent not doing drugs though so let's not forget that <laughs> you did a very poor job at it i got to say look someone has to anyway speaking it. speaking of our childhoods yes segue thank you horrific because we are actually doing a game uh, from an IP, which is uh, very near indeed to the both of us. In fact, it's kind of how we met. That's right. Yes. Uh, not through the game, but through Asterix. Yeah, Asterix for the Master System, a system that w you and I both owned when we were little little boys. And we also <laughs> owned many an Asterix comic book, didn't we, AC? Uh, we, both, we both well had a, uh, a little stash of Asterix books. I tried to own asterix um mm. there's kind of a, a a famous story of like i just wanted one to call my own because all i was doing was borrowing them continuously from the library mm. and uh and reading them over and over again and for one christmas i said i really want an asterix book i really want an asterix book and they got me a picture book of dogmatics which wasn't even a comic it just was just pictures with like you know paragraphs about the adventures of dogmatics and, and that was it and <laughs> people really oh dear 
That's yeah. That's one of those like bad Christmas yeah, that, that, presents that just lives with you forever. Like just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're bad. Put it in the, it's in the trauma safe along with uh, yeah, many many, many other things. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> childhood. Didn't get a Christmas present that I wanted once. But no, uh you and I met in grade two or three back in nineteen eighty nine. That's right. That's right. Taylor Primary School, just after I, I'd moved back from Sydney, I do believe. I was uh, uh, around a lot as a, as a kid. Ended mm. up in Canberra, in Canberra, the suburbs yes. of rich diversity. Bogans. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, I like the time I, uh, my extremely cheap bourbon. Yeah, and you would stock in bourbon and coke. Mm. Ah, tastes like Australia. Yeah. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I don't really want to come back now, actually. <laughs> I'm good over here. Uh, so, yeah, you and I were really big fans of Asterix. Now, I think you actually had some that your dad had given you or that they were possibly that from your dad's Yeah, that's right. I'm surprised you remember that. I can go into that if you want, just for a minute. Um, so yeah. I had no idea. Like, one of, like my, my story of, of my relationship with my dad is a slow, dawning realisation that he wasn't that bad. You know, and probably the first, the first sort of the the start of that realization. Oh, my dad actually is kind of cool. Was one day when he he had to drive somewhere, and um, actually now now this is sounding like a bad story. So he had to to drive somewhere, and he had to leave me in the car. And what he did was um, this happened a lot in the eighties, by the way. Yeah, see, back to now that would be like, oh, like he should be shot. You know, him and Harvey (laughs) Weinstein should be shot. And, um, and and I should have been raised by wolves or something. Uh, but your he, dad and Harvey Weinstein, just bring that out there. <laughs> the, you know, the, mm, they're in a broad category. No, no, there's nothing. No. No similarity there. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so to placate me or keep me busy while I was, you know, in the car for um, half an hour or so, um, he gave me this big stash of Asterix books, like a big stack, like, you know, like six inches or so. Of Asterix books, and he was like, "Read these, I'll be up later." And I was like, "What are these?" And I, I pulled one out, um, and I was like, "Wow, these are really funny and really, really fun." Um, lots of people getting punched, which I, I was really into um, as a seven-year-old. That's that was like what I was all about. Um, I do like punching. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, right? People getting punched, it's great, and uh, and and sometimes you know, like they'll be punched so hard that they'll fly out of their shoes and their shoes will be on the ground and then they'll have flown off into, into the sky, which again was really, really funny to me as a seven-year-old and still is, See, still is funny today. So that was how I got into Mythbusters never tackled that one. <laughs> no, they never punched someone punch so Roman? hard that their shoes stayed on the ground. <laughs> could you punch a Roman so hard that their sandals stay on the ground? It's got to be a Roman though. That's right. Someone from Rome. Pretty much the only people that get punched in Asterix comics um, are Romans. I don't want to. I don't think this is a, the best time to explain Asterix to people, but it is basically a comic book set in um, the ancient world, fifty um, BC. Fifty BC. Yes, uh, Julius Caesar has just conquered Gaul, which is modern day France. But there's one little village, but not on, all of Gaul. That's right. There's one on the coast um, in Armorica, uh, which is still holding out uh, against the Romans. And um, Asterix is one of the warriors from that village. And his best mate Obelix um, and him go on adventures. And the the key sort of like 
conceit of, of these stories is that Asterix has a magic potion that he drinks, which makes him pretty much invincible, um, with some exceptions, and very, very strong. And he can just basically punch like walls mm. down and, and like lift. Now, giant his best friend Obelix, who, as you can imagine, is a big fat guy, uh, mm. fell into the potion when he was a baby and now has super strength for life. He doesn't need to drink it anymore. Yeah, that's right. So, so Obelix, yes, is, is, um, he's, he's kind of like the whole strong. It's lots yeah. of characters like he's just a very very strong man, but he's sort of like a child. He's, he has the mind. Yeah, of he's a kind of dim witted, but you know he's he's yeah. got a good heart. Yes, and Asterix yes. is actually quite small, so you'd underestimate him. But you know he's um, he's yeah. certainly got the heart of a warrior. It's kind of a Laurel and Hardy pair, you know, yeah, but, yeah, less yeah. but less antagonistic. Like they don't hate each other's mm. guts. Um, but uh, yeah, they get in, they get into some adventures and they travel around the ancient world. And some of the books are set in like you know different. Places like Egypt or uh, you know Spain, Spain. yes, um, yeah. Oh, they they travel Belgium. all around mm. Britain. There's some Britain. there's some mm. great stories. A lot of it is a parody of what's going on or what has happened or happening in Europe at the time. Mm. Although, like I think even the Michelin Man, like the tire guy, even makes like a cameo at some point. Yeah, and yeah, it's a lot of it went over my head. As a kid, and as I got older, I kind of realized, you know, what a lot of these jokes were about. Like the the names of the the um, the, the Gaul village, hilarious. Mm. Like uh, the the druid yeah. who mixes up the magic potion is called Get a Fix. Like Get yeah, yeah. a Fix. Yeah, like he's making drugs. He's a drug dealer, basically. He's basically so. exactly what he does. Yeah, and uh, um, who's the chief? So what's the chief called? Um, uh, Vital Statistics. The- Vital statistics, uh, yeah. and there was fully automatics. Was the um, mm-hmm. uh, was These great the joke names? Yeah, know? yeah, like joke, joke, ancient world names, and and I think Asterix Black's pretty that much took that to the best yeah. job of that. I've seen lots of people try and do the whole like you know, like biggest dickus or whatever, but um, Asterix really was very. And this was the English translation as well, so obviously yeah. the. You didn't mention that it's Belgian. You know, it's a Belgian comic. We should yeah. have said that up front. Yes, it's not English. It's it's, it's originally written in in, in um, well French or or uh, Belgian. I Belgiumese. suppose. Yeah, Belgiumese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. So the game itself was released in 1991 for the Sega Master System. Yes. There is actually blessed little online for the most part about this game. Hmm. Uh, like for the fans of Asterix. It was very, very popular, but uh, because, it, you know, Asterix is a very European-focused sort of thing, there wasn't a lot written about it, you know, by um, the American publications, hmm. and even English publications. It just kind of gives you what it is, but it is actually an extremely good, fun, colourful game. Like yes. It controls well, the buttons are in the right place, but uh, the major conceit of this game is that you can play as Asterix or Obelix. And both, for the most part, will offer you a different level when you're playing with them. So Asterix will kind of take one path. You get to the end of that path and they say, oh, you want to play as Asterix or Obelix. Mm. And if one level is maybe too difficult for you, then maybe you can do the other one. Yeah. Yeah, that's really a good way to get through the game is uh, because, uh, yeah, some of the levels are more difficult than others. Um, and they have different abilities, and I think that's an interesting feature of the game. As I was, you know, thinking about it today, is the um, 
One of the uh, key gameplay aspects is basically it's a platformer where you jump and punch. You punch people, you jump on you jump on platforms. It's right? a 2D like platformer, yeah. Standard stuff, right? But and the, yeah, and the Romans, yeah, yes. you know, oh, yes. all the characters look like who they're supposed to look like. You know, the, the graphics are actually very good for an 8-bit system. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, I've actually, one thing I, I noticed when I was looking at videos of it today was just how good it looks. Um, it looks almost like a 16-bit game. Like the graphics, are, the sprites are very well done. Um, you could you could almost if you said it was a Mega Drive game, people would probably believe you. Um, yeah, early Mega Drive, but certainly yeah, plausible. Early, yeah, but still, yeah, it's it's very it's very um, nice to look at. I think that's one of the reasons that I ended up renting it a lot um, from the video store is because it just looked good um, as well. So hey, win win. Um, what I was going to say was the um, there's something about the gameplay that's probably worth talking about. It's not it's not like a super original idea, but it's something that the game does that you know is noteworthy which is this blockbusting thing. A lot of the game's puzzles and sort of obstacles and stuff revolve around these big sort of concrete-looking blocks. Um, now, Obelix can just punch right through them or, or yeah. indeed do like a sort of a butt stomp on them. Um, what I used to call as a kid, me and my brother used to call that bumming. You know, he'd, he'd <laughs> bum the, uh, the blocks. Uh, I still, I like I still we, should, we should bring that back. Yeah, I think bumming is more fun to say than, than butt stomping. Um, they're both pretty fun, really. But anyway, uh, yeah. So Obelix can just punch right through them. But um, Asterix, because he he didn't fall into the cauldron of magic potion when he was a baby or, or something, um, he has to break the uh, blocks in a different way. And uh, there's these sort of items you collect. They're like little red potions. Um, Asterix throws them, and they kind of get go volatile. It's almost like they've got like nitroglycerin or something in them. I don't know. Getafix yeah, Get has been like doing some serious work in small the- area explosive sort of thing. Yeah, and so you blow up, you blow sort of holes through the 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 blocks that way. So they don't pose much of an obstacle for Obelix, although there are some interesting sort of areas built around him having to punch through things. But for Asterix, it can be a real you know, big feature of a level to have to grab those potions and throw them and sort of precisely time, uh, you know, blowing up um, the blocks quickly. Like, for example, if there's an auto-scrolling level, you might have to very quickly bust through um, a wall mm. to get through or something like that. So that makes Asterix levels quite different to Obelix levels. Obelix levels always struck me as more sort of just like dumb fun. Yeah, they the kind of platform a like, heavy puzzle yeah. platformer. To a certain extent, it's a limited extent, but you really do need to think ahead slightly more. Yeah, it's something. You know, like it's not- hmm. it's uh, you know the the enemies that you know you fight balls and you fight Romans and yeah, there's not a whole lot of big variety. But basically, your the story is that you're making your way towards Rome, hmm. kind of right. through different bits of Europe. And and as I said, the graphics are colourful. Are, you know the character models look on spec. The the world itself, I'm going to be honest, is a little plain. Uh, it's a little kind of, you know, cut and paste for a mm. lot of the, but it works for what the world needs or, you know, what the um, the game as a platformer needs. So I think that's fine. Uh, and yeah. look, it's, it's good to mention that there are a lot of Asterix games out there. Uh, I own about five of them myself, five or six. Like Game Boy Color, Asterix and Obelix. Uh, I own three for Master System, two for Mega Drive. And I think they still put them out. Like, you know, there's Asterix Olympic Games. So I'm not sure whether this is the first one because there might be some on um, maybe kind of home computer or maybe even homebrew ones before that. But this one sort of set the standard for what an Asterix game 
should be like, I think. Yeah. Accurate depictions of the characters and, you know, one is kind of clever, the other one is just kind of strong and needs to platform mm. a bit more. Yeah, yeah. I think it does an effective job of um, conveying some of the humour of the of the cartoon, also mm. the comic. The um, the way the Romans look when you punch them is comical. Like they sort of, you know, they fly off into the sky with their, you know, and yeah, sometimes they, they do leave their shoes on the ground and things like that. Oh, they, they sort of soar off and uh, as big sort of, you know, like Batman, uh, Batman-esque like clouds of like path or whatever when you like punch people, you know. And um, some of them are hiding in tree trunks and stuff like that. Like Romans kind of follow yeah, you around or something from memory. Yeah. <laughs> There's a sense but that look, they know that you're invincible and, you know, that you're very, very dangerous and so they're scared of you. Um, that was one of the constant themes in the comic books as well was that the Romans like, they're basically like cowards because they they know that, you'll come over and thump them. And no one ever yeah. got killed very often in the comic books, I don't think, or ever really. It was always people getting thumped on the head. It was basically the worst thing that could happen to you. Yeah. Um, uh, Which is what you yeah. want out of an asterisk book, really. You don't, you, don't, you don't want to see a whole lot of people, like, picking up the, you know, <laughs> half of their face. Wouldn't it be just like, oh, God, you punched me so hard, my face fell off. Freaking crazy if, like, Asterix and Obliques just went to one of those, like, Roman camps, like, I don't know, Londinium or whatever, and just stabbed with the centurion in the face. <laughs> just like, bleeding in his tent. What did but, I do? I didn't do anything. <laughs> I just signed up for a five-year tour. Suddenly just, just got real. This war just took its turn for the nasty. Um, so yeah, we'll I go just, to the last level. Uh, spoilers, yeah. the last level is different from the other levels. Mm-hmm. It is a chariot race. But it's kind of more of a runner, like you're constantly auto-scrolling running and you have to leap over obstacles and beat the other chariots to the end. Yeah. Uh, Where you rescue, I think, from memory, and like Rob and I chose this game because we'd both played it a lot, but it's been a a little while since I've played it as I don't have access to a master system over here in Japan. Uh, But I think you rescue Kakofniks, the the bard, is that correct? Oh, no, the druid is the one who's been kidnapped. So it's, yeah, you're looking Oh, is he the one? So I think... Mm-hmm. And then after that, uh, you have, at the end of every Asterix comic, they're all sitting around, like, having a big banquet, and then yes. the bard is always tied up because they don't like his singing. And I think that is the end screen of this one as well. So it, yeah. it kind of fits together perfectly as an Asterix game. Yeah, perfect. It's the it's the best way to end it. And you know, when I because I remember beating the game as a kid, um, because I rented it so damn much. And uh, yeah, when that title screen came, when that sorry that end credit screen came up, you know, uh, I was just like, yes, well done. Yes, because that's the only way it could end. You know, it had to be the feasting scene. So yeah, there there was no. I mean, like the people who made this game really knew Asterix comics and put the the appropriate amount of love into it. So. Uh, the other thing I should mention is that you get unlimited continues, which is why Rob and I were able to finish this game. There you go. That's the real reason. It gets, it gets a little difficult. Like, it's not the easiest of platformers. I think they put uh, unlimited continues in there as a conceit of that. Mm. Because towards the end, it can get a little bit tricky. I remember getting frustrated with it, even as a 35-year-old male. So, Yeah, yeah. It's, it, some of the levels are pretty annoying. Um, you know, like to be fair, I mean, we'll, we'll go to my review later, but yeah, it's not a super great game. I just wanted to mention before we give our, our final thoughts, um, that, uh, the way we met, the way we actually met, we never really fully told that story 
was you were the new new kid in in school. Um, we were hanging. You were hanging around in the courtyard. I can't remember whether it was like after school or at lunchtime or something. And you had made a wooden sword because it was the eighties and kids were allowed to have wooden swords at school. Um, and you were Shit, sort of it was running- the 80s. You were allowed to stab people with wooden swords. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a fair game. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you were running around like sort of play sword finding. And I think you must have said something about Asterix or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, are you playing as Asterix? I just, you know, had to, I had to ask, you know, yeah. compelled. Um, and you said yes. And I was like, oh, my God, you and I are now friends, <laughs> which is what happens when you're, <laughs> seven, when you're seven years old. It's like, we have one thing in common. We're best friends now, <laughs> you know. Um, That's exactly what happened. So, yeah, yeah, we've still we've known each other since 1989 because of Asterix. And it's worth <laughs> noting, like, it's so funny to say, because I don't remember that so well. Uh, yeah. My memory is not so good. I remember that's how we met. I didn't know if it was those specific circumstances. I was a pretty weird kid mm. as well, because I'd moved <laughs> around so many times, and I didn't really know how to make friends very well. <laughs> so running mm. around with a probably my last and only idea that I had, <laughs> Which is probably a terrible idea of making friends. Hey, uh, but yeah, well, we're still friends now. <laughs> but it's interesting to note that we 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 both got into Asterix at the same time, mm. and then later on, when we were kind of like ten and eleven, we evolved into Tintin. Yes, which is yes. what a lot of kids do, um, especially like male kids from our generation. Kind mm. of like they love Asterix because. Because it's easy, and then I love Tintin because it's kind of more advanced and still a comic, but more adventurous. Mm. There was guns in Tintin, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, Tintin got you know. fucking shot all the time. Yes, yeah. There was like real peril. Like it, it was much more of like a uh, adventure story. I think Asterix is always comedy to me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was always comedy, but you kind of yeah. evolved to that. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes that's what you need. And um, actually, I should just quickly show just for the people that are watching. Um, the video because I think we will post this on YouTube despite despite um, you know our better uh, better judgment I have better a bunch judgment, of Latin yeah. Asterix comic books uh, so is this what got you into Latin in the first place you kind of no no I was into Latin um, for the more standard reasons of like wanting to read old old books um that hadn't been translated or that I wanted to have a go at translating them myself, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I found out that, uh, there were these Latin translations of Asterix books. So I have one here and, um, it's all in Latin. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I have a bunch of them and this is, can you, know, you read it all? Like, are you able books. to actually read every word or is it a little look, the translations really, it's actually a really interesting thing to translate. This is, getting a bit off topic but because um the the latin that's used in um, a comic book is like conversations right so like all of the all of the latin or most of it apart from the you know the sort of explanatory bits that you see in like the top left of the frame you know the sort of like here we are in rome or something um yeah. apart from that it's all um conversation and the way people speak using latin is very different to the way people wrote, for example, poetry and, and you know, literature, which is what I'm used to translating because that's the stuff that survived oh, from, okay. mm. from the Roman period. So um, I found it really challenging to translate this because it's much more sort of colloquial and, like, it's how people actually talk. So it's much more casual, which, you, which sounds like it would be easier to translate, but because I'm so used to the more formal literary Latin, um, I found it mm. quite difficult, but it's also been really good because then you get a sense of how 
Latin was actually spoke as well. Or what people, well, let's be clear, this is sort of like modern Latin. So it's how people today think people. Because a lot of original Latin has kind of been lost, hasn't it, about how people actually conversed. Yeah, like even pronunciation is is controversial. Mm. Um, Like, for example, uh, the letter uh, V, um, like as in Viking, um, there's a school of thought that, that that letter was actually pronounced with a W sound by the Romans. Viking. So, so um, Julius Caesar's famous Veni, Vidi, Vici, I came, I saw, I conquered, would actually have been Weni, Weedy, Weeki, which doesn't which sound sounds quite as like good. it belongs on a cereal box. Yeah, it's not, not, not as good. But anyway, there you go. So, all I right. So, what, what would you recommend giving? Uh, what would you say about this game? Do you recommend that people give it a go? Oh, man, it's pretty obscure. I mean, it's hard to sort of say drop everything and go and play this. It is a good game. I mean, it's. I sort of feel like it's a three and a half out of five kind of a game, you know, like it's not super Mm. great, but it's, you could do worse. And I certainly enjoyed it. And I think the Master System library perhaps wasn't the strongest library back back in in the day. So I did end up renting this one a lot because it was one of the better games um, that was at the video store, according to my tastes anyway. Um, Yeah. Yeah, so I, it's hard to recommend, but if you're if you're the kind of guy that checks out old games, um, you might want to check it out. But yeah, it's hard to it's hard to give a full go play this now type of type of review, really. Um, yeah, how, how, where do you land on on that? Look, I think if you own a Master System and you're a fan of Asterix, then it's kind of something that you probably should own or at least play. That being said, if you don't own a master system, and God knows there's fewer and fewer of us every day, <laughs> give this one a miss. Like yeah. as a as an Asterix game, it's good, but even if you are a big fan of Asterix, it's not essential. It's just a bit of a fun time. So yeah. as you know, as rose coloured as my nostalgia glasses are for this <laughs> game, I do love it from a personal point of view. Yeah. I don't think you really need to play it unless, yeah. you know, you've got a master system and you have the means. Yeah. So I guess that's uh, Asterix with the Sega Master System 1991. Uh, I guess Game Life Talk. Yeah, let's talk about our games in life, shall we? So, Rob, I've got lots to say today, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going to let you go first because I'm just that kind of guy. Uh, sure. Because I know you've, you've done nothing with your life. It's January, you're a loser. You know, you've got your Woodstock bourbon and Coke on a Saturday night, recording a podcast. Yeah, drowning my sorrows. <laughs> like the sad, separated husband that I am. You know uh, what? Rob and I were meant to go out last night together. Like, we had this plan to actually go out and hit the town. Yeah. And okay. I was really looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Cancelled because obviously I was in another another country, which is a, yeah. a legitimate excuse. It's hard to complain when someone last night kind of thinking, eh, kind of eh, being there for the old bastard. Yeah, it would have been fun, but I'm sure there'll be other opportunities. Um, yeah, sure I, have, I have been doing things. Thank you very much, <laughs> Mister <laughs> Accuser of loserness. That's loserness. <laughs> That's totally really the name of this episode, by the way. Accuser of the loser. Accuser of loser. <laughs> sure. All right, we'll go with It's that. alliterative, so it's good. Sometimes I have trouble finding names for these episodes, so that's good. I'll do that. Uh, yeah, I, I'll just tell one story um, because it was so noteworthy. Uh, so last weekend, um, uh, I was a free agent. Um, I can't remember why. Meg 
took Ruby somewhere or something was happening. I can't recall. Anyway, I did have to look after Ruby last weekend. Uh, so I was like, you know, wondering what to do um, with my time. Um, and then Without I just your old pal AC there, you know, yeah, that's right. I was life like, well, is pretty what, boring. What do I do? I guess I'll just, I guess I'll just go camping. So that's what I did. Um, you went yeah. camping. Yes, which is super uncharacteristic of me. Yeah, um, it is. I don't think people know how uncharacteristic. Like, I didn't know this. I'm learning this for the first time right now. Yeah, this is new. You know you. how to camp. I did a camp, I think, <laughs> and I didn't die. Who did you go um, camping with? I, uh, with my good self. And, and um, four very curious kangaroos and um, a dude who I believe his name was Colin. Okay, um, Rob, I have a question. Were yes. you camping in your backyard with a hobo? <laughs> it's okay. Um, we've all been there. So, sometimes you just got to camp with a hobo. That's just life. Just hobos need love too. Sometimes that hobo camping card just gets pulled, and you got to you got to follow it. You got to go with it. <laughs> Colin, uh, the hobo. No, yeah. he's my new favorite game life balance Australia character. So yeah, Colin the hobo. So what happened was I'll, I'll just quickly try and cover this. Uh, so. Right. I think it was like Thursday night or something like last week. So this was a while ago. Um, it was a really good, really warm night. Um, and uh, I went outside. I noticed that the um, the skies were really clear. And I was just standing out there about half an hour just looking at the stars as, as I want to do. Um, and I was struck by like, gosh, it's such a nice night. It's so warm out here. I don't need a jacket. You know, I could just I could just stay out here for ages, and I thought, well, why don't I do that at some point? And that that thought like stuck in my head, like I should go spend a night just looking at the stars. You know, like just stay up all night and just look at the stars all night because that would be a good a good thing to do. Um, and and then the next day, like that's that seed kind of germinated, and I was like, you know what, screw it, I'm going to go camping. So I um. Uh, did some research on good camping sites for astronomy, you know, um, for stargazing, etc. And there is a, a little astronomy club or association in, in the ACT. They have a website that recommended a few places to me. Um, but when I read the reviews of the campsites I was talking about, um, they were um, quite popular and I didn't really want to be um, around a lot of people because I thought it would kind of spoil the solitude and sort of beauty of just looking up at the stars to be surrounded by people who are probably you know having a barbecue and drinking and laughing and you know carrying on so um i found the most remote campsite in the act uh-huh. which is um right on the border pretty much the southern border of the act which if you know the shape of the act which is really only people who live in the act know this is very deep it goes south very far mm-hmm. um so i was out past Thawa. Um, oh, wow. On a mountain called Mount Clear. And I was camping out there. I bought a tent and a sleeping bag and uh, a little picnic blanket and stuff. And I brought You a have a tent. You, yeah. Robert Bailey, have a tent. I, I now have a tent. I didn't have one before I did this. But now I'm the proud You failed Cub Scouts. <laughs> I didn't fail. I was bullied and I left because I was didn't like being bullied. They stole my hat, they see. They stole my hat. And they it was a stupid hat. Well, they, we were in Cub Scout together too. <laughs> anyway, um, yes. So that was actually really awesome. Um, yeah, actually, like weirdly, very spiritual, just to sit out there and look at the stars all night. Um, 
slightly spoiled by a very inquisitive slash protective male kangaroo um <laughs> who decided oh, to robbie made a friend yeah friend slash like enemy uh, this guy decided that he would hang around my tent uh, like and chew grass and kind of just like eye me off i think he was worried that i was gonna like i think he was either thinking i was gonna feed him or he thought that i was a threat in some way to his females because he seemed to be particularly concerned whenever i went to the toilet because i'd have to walk past this little group of female kangaroos to go to the little toilet block at the campsite and uh he didn't like that at all um and he would sort of follow me and at one point it almost looked like he was going to try and fight me and i thought am i going to have to try and fight a kangaroo right here is this what's going to happen? <laughs> that, that is the uh, most aussie thing ever yeah right because i was like i mean like i'd probably lose i'd probably because what i would try and do instinctively is try and grab it by the throat but then it would just kick the shit out of me you know so it would go <laughs> yeah. really um, that would go south very quickly yeah yeah so i don't even know how you would fight a kangaroo um but i assume don't grab him by the throat um anyway so yeah a really cool night um very moving actually and, and it kind of threw me out of whack all week because it was such an unusual experience um to just be sitting there you know in the middle of the night looking up at the stars um yeah i was drinking that 12 year old um uh japanese whiskey that you gave me just swinging it out of the bottle and looking <laughs> that was a pretty good pretty good way to spend a saturday night actually that's a, that's a- Pretty good way, yeah. Yes, surrounded by kangaroos. Like literally, there were at one point there was like four of them, and they were all within like one or two meters of me. Like just, I was wow. literally surrounded. Did by you have kangaroos. a campfire, or was it a, a total fire? I didn't there? need a fire. It was such a warm night, you know. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, I had some candles, some citronella candles that I lit to keep the bossies away, and um, and that provided me some some light. Um, yeah, there you go. So that's that's what I've been doing. That sounds twice. incredible. Like I'm very yeah. surprised that you like. I, if you were going to go any kind of camping, I would have mm. assumed that it was going to be glamping, glamour camping or something, you know, it's like you would have bought your entourage, Yeah, you know, you would have laid a, a concrete foundation, maybe put up some guards, <laughs> Look, maybe I think the, have someone feed you grapes. I think the truth is that, like, I'm not, the motivation for this wasn't really um, being outdoorsy. I didn't, that wasn't really, I mean, it was part of it. Like, you know, when I decided to do it, I was like, oh, this will be good because I'll be getting outdoors and I never do that. You know, that was part of it. But the real thing was I just didn't want to be near people. And in order to get away from people, I had to go very far and, and can and properly can. Because if I wanted, if I wanted like, you know, even a modicum of luxury, I'd have to be around people. And I just didn't want to be near people because I don't That's like people enough. very much. No, no, they kind of suck. So did yeah, you actually find your games recently? I did. I've been playing a bit of Horizon Zero Dawn, I see. Oh, um, yes. I heard yeah. that a generous benefactor gave you that for your That's birthday. That's right. Yes. A handsome, generous benefactor. Uh, handsome, indeed. Yes. He's, he's, a char- he's a charmer. Watch out, ladies. Lock up your daughters. Um, he <laughs> lent me a game, and, and it, is a good, it is a pretty good game so far. I've been enjoying it. Um, I gave you that game, actually. That's yours to keep. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, sorry. I keep forgetting that it's, it is actually um, for keepsies. As they say, it's for keeps. It's not for Lindy's. You can keep. Right. Uh, yeah, I haven't played too enough of it to really give a full review. Um, but so far, so good. It seems to be um, pretty much like an action platform, like an action RPG. RPG? Um, the RPG yeah. elements are pre- pretty light. Um, Shadow of Mordor. It's interesting. It's interesting playing it after having played Uncharted Four, actually, because it has a lot of climbing, and the climbing is pretty much Uncharted climbing. 
um, which is good. You know, I like the Uncharted climbing. Um, I mean, it's made by it's similar studio. Maybe they're both Sony exclusive, so I'd imagine yeah. there'd be some kind of crossover there. It is like I mean, if you're not familiar with this game, you're it's set in some sort of like post-apocalyptic future where um, robot dinosaurs are a thing, and no one knows why. But I'm sure the game will reveal why as you play the game. Um, it's one of those things that I love the look at the story and the and the look of the world, mm-hmm. but the gameplay wasn't Zelda. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be honest and say it wasn't Zelda. So it crossed your path at the wrong at the wrong time. I think. It really did, yeah, yeah. Because it is like when I'm playing it, I'm like, oh man, I can see how people would compare this to Zelda. Because it is the sort of you know open world. You gather resources, you do crafting. Um, and it came out about of... two weeks before Breath of the Wild, so everyone yeah. was really into that game for two weeks, and then yeah. oh, Breath of the Wild came out and it didn't really stand a chance, which is a bit sad because it sounds like a good game. But yeah, it's very yeah. good actually. One thing Not I'll mention because I'll go into more detail probably next episode, but um, the opening sequence of the game, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler because it happens like straight away. Um, you are um, female protagonist called um, Aloy, um, and uh, the start of the game sort of shows her childhood and stuff. Um, she's an outcast from her tribe and she's raised by um, another uh, man. It's not really her father. He's like her adopted father, I think, mm. from what I can gather. Um, but that sort of like father-daughter relationship was a really important establishing um, this like idea of like the masculine, the old masculine figure that teaches the female about life mm. and stuff like that was really powerful and um and it gave me the feels i see because i was thinking about my daughter and everything yeah at some points i was like this is actually getting to me in a way that oh wow okay that that i I think it probably wouldn't get to anyone who wasn't very specifically um a father of a daughter you know um it probably wouldn't have the same impact to anyone else but because you know you and i um are fathers of daughters um why in particular I, i just Perhaps because he's alone and he's sort of like having to teach her stuff himself. Um, that really resonated mm. with me. So, um, yeah, that was quite effective um, storytelling, despite the fact that some of the cutscenes are a bit stiff and the voice, the, the characters' faces are not so great at animating. Um, when you compare it, because I just played Uncharted 4, so it's like it's quite, it's quite noticeable. Um, are they in game though, or are they pre rendered? No, in game. Uh, okay. But, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure whether they're pre-rendered. Actually, they might be pre-rendered. But nevertheless, it's it's not quite as – it's in-game engine um, stuff. But, uh, yeah, it didn't quite quite do it for me. But, you know, the plot is good and I'm interested. I'm curious about the robot dinosaurs, of course. So I'd, I'd uh, really like to hear your thoughts as you continue going forward in this world, actually. Maybe we can give it a review at some point. Yeah. 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 If, if, if by just the game life segment, if not for the actual featured game. Because I'd, be, yeah, totally. I'd be very interested to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'll report back with more um, as because I, I will keep playing that one. Mm. Cool. All right, what about you, AC? You're probably doing a lot of living. Um, maybe not with I'm, kangaroos, but yeah, there, there's a distinct lack of kangaroos here, actually. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, look, after uh, Terrico passed away, basically I hopped on the very first flight that I could back over to Japan. Uh, and things happened so quickly, and I was very I, lucky to get time off of work. I managed to get two weeks of uh, carer's leave after signing numerous, you know, things and stat decks and stuff like that to say what had been going on. 
so I I did make it a couple, I, well, an hour and a half before the main ceremony started. Man, um, kind of close timing, AC. Yeah, I, something that I excel at and mm. also gives me great anxiety if I don't mm. make it. Oh, man. But uh, I, I did. So Japanese funerals are a very intense kind of affair. Um, so the body is actually kept at home, at the person's home, for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there's dry ice around them and they have like a satin sort of cloth over their face. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you go in there and then you lift the cloth and then you you know you pray to them and wow uh, and you say hello and goodbye uh, which is what i did when i was there and then um they people come over and they clean the body and you have to help kind of do that as well yeah and then they dress them in special robes and then put them in a in a special and then transport them to where the ceremony is going to be so she leaves the home uh, and uh, that kind of afternoon, night sort of thing was uh, like for friends. So a lot mm-hmm. of Maria's friends who she knew and a lot of Teriko's friends kind of turned up and there was like a, a Shinto ceremony there, which um, there's a lot of chanting. Uh, and it, it was it's big and it's very ornate and there's lots of flowers and um, there was like a, this kind of like a, a big portrait, a recent photo of Terrico before she uh, before she got cancer. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and then she stays there. We then you have kind of like a traditional Japanese feast, and then you go home. And then the next day is mostly for family. So the next mm-hmm. day we went there, uh, and there was it was kind of a little bit of a repeat of the day before where it was. A lot of, uh, you know, there was a lot of Shinto chanting. You have to put some specific incense and you have to kind of touch it or think about it and then put it in like a burner three times and it kind of gives like a waft and everyone does this. What I didn't know until I got there is because of the way Japanese families are structured. Mm. I was uh, second in command. Oh, dear. So uh, (laughs) I was... This is fine. Like I've kind of I've done this before for my father-in-law, mm. um, but basically I was front and center for everything and was paying very close attention to make sure I did everything right because there's a lot of tradition in these ceremonies. Yeah. Uh, luckily, you know, everyone knew that you know that I was a foreigner and you know gave me you know enough leeway and and everything like that. And other people were looking after May, which was really good. Uh, it's mm. very, very emotional, very intense. Uh, yeah. And this is, this is the life segment of game. life balance. Off stress, totally. yeah, sometimes life isn't, isn't like super funny, you know, it's sometimes. It's no, weird, you no. Know. And it's something that I'm very proud of uh, as a Yoshimura. that yeah. I was there for that. Uh, and we go to the crematorium and then you say one last goodbye. Uh, and then, the cremation happens and then they lay out the skeletal structure or what's left of it. And then you all have to use chopsticks to pick up like two people at a time for one bone. Wow. And then you put it in the urn and then it kind of, it, uh, it gets kind of crushed up. So it's, 
It's intense. My second time doing this, so it was a lot less. I, I was a bit more used to it by this stage, and I, I knew what was expected of me because last time was so quick mm. um, that I didn't. I was just thrust into the situation where I had no idea, but I was a little bit more confident this time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what happened was after she was placed in the urn. Um, they gave the urn to me and wrapped me up in like a, a white linen kind of shroud so I could take her home one more time. So she's in the next room, kind of like in a shrine where we give her uh, a little, like little bits of food that she really liked. So like I cooked like a, uh, like a, a dish, which she liked the other day. Hmm. And like gave her a little bit and you know if we have a bit of chocolate then we'll give her a little bit there and every morning and, and every night we go in there and we light incense and we and you know we, we say a pray we talk to her basically is what we do right okay so it's like there's a continuing kind of relationship there yeah. it's interesting to compare the way that japanese funerals work to um sort of modern western funerals i think in the past we used to keep the body would come home to the family yeah. Um, but these days, the funeral industry, um, you know, had, they do a lot of this stuff for you, you know, um, yeah. at great expense, actually. Um, so oh, yes, this is a great expense as well. I'm not sure that our way is necessarily better at all. It's certainly less confronting, but maybe that's not, maybe yeah, that's that's not what you need. Maybe you confronting is what you actually need. I don't know. But uh, no, that must like be It's very- not really my culture to begin with, so... So I say that, but I've been kind of accepted into this family and to a certain extent into this culture. So mm. um, when I eventually pass away, that's what's going to happen to me because I'm I'm part of the Yoshimura family. So that whole thing is probably going to be the same thing. that's going to wow, that's a weird thought. Which is which is uh, I don't know, kind of comforting in a I way. So. You know that that there will be you know people taking great care over me. Yeah, the cremation's going to be awkward because they're going to find lots of little pieces of metal. <laughs> it's going to be what the hell happened to this guy? <laughs> There's like two screws in his shin bone. Yeah, <laughs> little weird. bits of shrapnel everywhere. That's so. Bullet? What the hell? <laughs> From my rod took a shot at me once. Yeah, <laughs> I got to took a bullet for Reagan. Damn it! I got to keep trying it. Not on purpose, just you. in the area. um so so it's been intense but um i'm glad i'm with my family at the moment uh we've been cleaning up the house now here here is where i actually tell a funny story rather than a super serious dead body story okay sure uh but basically we've been trying to clean up the house and we keep find like so you know during their time they've had you know Super Famicoms and Famicom Nintendo consoles. So I've been rubbing my hands together saying, this house is big. You know, I might come across a couple of retro games here and there. <laughs> oh, boy. That's me snapping my knuckles, by the way. And you know what? We keep coming across rare coins and wads of cash. <laughs> Which, absolutely fucking useless to me. Like a sack with a dollar sign in the wall. Where are the retro games? And people keep saying to me, Andrew, you know you can exchange such rare coins for goods and services. Like I don't care. I want I want goddamn retro games. Where are the fans? You know the joy games? of discovery of coming across like the Dead Sea Scrolls of video games and being like, look, 
<laughs> I found it. So my, my father-in-law used to work for a bank, so he got a lot of commemorative coins and stuff like that. And, mm. and we keep finding them everywhere. And I think, and you know, there are, there are a lot of coin collectors and stuff like that in Japan. And so a lot of these might be worth something and probably worth a lot, but mm. I just like, I don't care. Like, where are the games? There's no games. <laughs> I've been through the house, Rob. There's no games. What are you hoping for? Like, what, what was your like sort of, what was your, uh... I don't know. I don't know. You know what? I did actually find a box for Famicom Super Mario. So the original Super Mario Brothers. Oh, I found the box. Oh. No game inside, oh, but it had the it. manual. That's so, so frustrating. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's all right. I already own that game, and it's like a, it's like a three hundred yen game. So, so really, still. neither here nor there. But <laughs> all right. I, I think that's what I've been using to cheer myself up. Sure. A bit, you know, is is the hope that I can find some stuff. Uh, so I haven't actually been playing many games. Um, that's fine. Now, did you do anything on the flight? Did you bring any sort of plane games? Or see, that's the that, thing. Or? I bought my the only console that I bought this time was my Vita, hmm. uh, and that was actually because you and I were playing uh, Dragon's Crown before I left. Yeah, that's right. The hmm. kind of uh, RPG. Combined yes. with a beat 'em up by it's Atlas, a boobies game. it's boobies in it. They say, "Let's not, let's Very not." Buxom. The elephant in the room. Yeah, <laughs> it, has, it has the boobs. It does uh, have the boobs, uh, and it's it's a fun game, but it's really yeah. distracting. Like not in a good way, <laughs> not like a sexy way. It's like, how do you remain upright? It's not gravity what, should have taken over. That's what I found weird, though. I didn't find it super sexy. It was almost sort of weirdly grotesque, but. Um, like, I mean, I like I like boobs as much as the next man, AC. Some might even say more than the next man. But that um, that game was not arousing, really. It was more like, no. look at that weird it, it, body. Look at all those legs and, and boobs and look at... It just seemed to have a style to it. And they yeah. just, it was kind of panel van style, but to nth degree. Yeah, like there's an aesthetic um, there. Yeah, yeah. But it's a fun game to play. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll, I'll play. But I just haven't been in the mood. That's um, the thing. It looks fun. And like from what I played, it seems very fun. So I feel like it's a victim yeah. of its art style, really, unfortunately. We might give that game a review, a review mm. at some point in the future. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that I, today I did actually manage to get out of the house. Huh? And uh, we went to Takasaki to try and sell some of the things, uh, like, you know, old bags and clothes and, you know, just stuff we've just found around the house that, God knows, there's 30 years of junk around here. Mm. Uh, so I did actually get to go do a hard-off, ah, uh, which is good. the kind of the recycle shop and uh, a shop which I'm particularly fond of called Manda Shoten, which is where I got my switch from. Okay. So I got a uh, a boxed Wonder Swan crystal, which Ooh. I've been after for a little while, which is a, a portable uh, game device by the person who made the original Game Boy. He started working for Bandai. A couple of games for that. Got some 3DO games. Got uh, Namco Museum 5, which is the only one I needed for PS1. I've got the rest of them. Uh, Metal Slug X for PS1 as well. Oh. I don't know, know they had a Metal Slug game on the PlayStation. There you go. Hmm. I, I think it's just a port of the arcade game, but uh, uh, I think I have an anthology, but I don't think X is part of that anthology. Not sure. Hmm. Uh, I got, I've got. i been after a game for a while called Gungrave. 
the reason I've been after it is because it's uh, it's character design is by the same guy who did Trigun. Ah, okay. I love those kind of games, so I, I wanted to I wanted to check that out just for the art style, if nothing else. So I'm, I'm looking forward to popping that one in. And the oddest pickup I got today was a Nintendo Famicom disc cleaner. Huh. So the Famicom disc system takes like kind of three and a half inch floppies, but special proprietary Nintendo ones. And this is the cleaner that you use to clean the discs. Is it like a fluid? No, no, no. It's kind of like a little box oh. that you put the disc in and turn it around to clean oh. it. And it, it was just such a weird thing because it came in its original box and it actually has a HVC model number, which is like Famicom model number. And I'd never seen one before. Like these things are really, really rare. Mm. And I do kind of collect Famicom disc system parents. So I just went, this is the weirdest thing ever. Why am I buying this? I can't believe I'm buying this. Hey, I bought this. <laughs> you knew I'm it. that kind of guy. You're the proud owner. Uh, yeah. So it's been cold here. It's snowing, or it did snow, so the roads are very dangerous. Uh, it's been sunny for the last few days, which is good. I should warn you, uh, it's been very, very hot here, and one of your plants oh, looks a little sad, a little bit sad. I tried, I'm yeah, trying look, to nurse it back to health. Um, I, <laughs> wait, is it dead? Yeah. Did you kill my plants, Rob? I, I shot it. My house, my yeah. way. I, I strangled it with my fists. <laughs> um, no, no, it's just it's just like some of the leaves were, were curling and brown, and I was like, Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it is bad. like, what, 38 degrees there or something? Yeah, it's been it's a few like days. like 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah, so I'm not surprised. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to visit more regularly for the next few days and just try and, like, you know, maybe give it a little bit of fertilizer or something because uh, I have some of that. Okay, um, sure. As yeah. long as it doesn't stink up the house, I guess. I'm just going to do a poo in your in your pot plant. That's what I mean by. <laughs> oh God, he'd do it too, folks. Uh, yeah, so I went. I'm probably going to be going from minus ten at night to forty degree weather back in Australia. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be a bit of a but, system shock. Well, I've been living as a Japanese person for the most part, like eating a lot of Japanese food. Not everything, you know, doing everything on the floor, which I hate. Because my poor back and my poor knees. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, every we use kerosene heaters here to heat the rooms because it's so fast. And we have, like, like barrels of kerosene, which I have to go and replenish the heaters with. Yeah, because that sounds nerve-wracking. I know. Yeah. It's not. It, I mean, you know, like, the kerosene heaters they have here are really modern. Like, they're okay. the most modernized thing. It's like, to us, it's lost technology. To them, it's, like hmm. like, the most efficient way to heat a room. Made of paper. Sure. I just which, think of, ker- when when I think think of kerosene. It. I think of the time my dad threw a bucket of kerosene on a bonfire um, at a fireworks night. And uh, yes, <laughs> the, ens- the ensuing fireball uh, was definitely one that I remember well. Uh, but always, yeah, well, think- kerosene is usually fairly slow burning, but mm. also don't throw it onto a fire. <laughs> yeah. Pro tip. Okay. Right, so, other than that, We've been busy every day. Um, I'm going on a bit here, but uh, it's That's just, okay. just uh, you know, uh, the the one good thing we did manage to do to ourselves, for ourselves, was go to an onsen, like a hot springs, which was close by. And just for a few hours, uh, May loved the hot water, which was really nice. Mm. And uh, they had a like a, a spinny chair, like, you know, just like an office chair sort of thing that spin around. And that was her favorite yeah. part. 
just sitting on that and me spinning her around. She just <laughs> loved that. Uh, and now uh, Maria took a photo, like a video of that, and now she loves watching the video <laughs> of her. And this is someone who's sight impaired. So, Love this blurry image of her spinning around on a chair going, <laughs> She's going to be a narcissist despite not having this. Like, I'm going to find She's my daughter. <laughs> had a hamburger for the first time today. Like, we took her oh, out for a hamburger. Oh, nice. God, she scoffed that thing. Wow. I, I, don't, I, think actually given, <laughs> I don't think we've given uh, Ruby um, a hamburger yet. We've given her, like, chicken nuggets and stuff like that because we're great parents. But yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Um, we never, Hamburg, yeah. yeah, totally, right? It's a good, that's just a good food right there. <laughs> that's the, that's the Ronald's best. Uh, anyway, so um, if it was good enough for you me, just, it's good enough for her. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah that's fair enough. It's, you know, they, they're going to learn anyway, and they're going to learn quick. Yeah, I was going to make her so a anyway, that's, that's my life. in a car for an hour and, you know, it'll be good. <laughs> On a really hot uh, day. That's, right. that's the Canberra way. <laughs> so i'll be back uh fairly soon uh a week i'm coming back uh maria may have to stay a little bit longer uh till the 49th day after terrico's passing which she wasn't happy about but uh, i guess that it's gives us more time to play right? master system games sure yeah yeah yes let's do that we should definitely do that maybe even yeah, yeah, we should. record it's doing it yeah yeah i could probably do that actually using the um uh, using the retro freak and yeah. the capture card, probably do it on well, if Twitch. It's not, if it's if it's a hassle, eh. but I just wanted to be, I just wanted to have a fun time, some re- you know, nostalgically playing old games. I remember from when I was a kid, you know, because yeah, no, won't um, be any trouble at all. Anyway, yeah, we should probably wrap this thing up. Uh, I hear yeah, quiz for me. We I do. So quiz. why don't we transition musical cue to the quiz? <laughs> All right, AC, Andrew AC Yoshimura of the Yoshimura clan. I have a quiz that I've prepared for you. Yep. Ten questions. The name of this quiz, and I'm very proud of this name, AC. It's yep. the Which Year Did the Thing Happen quiz. I hate right. you. Which year did the thing happen? In this case, the thing is video games based on comic books because of Asterix. Oh, right? Okay. So, All right. which sure. year... I like this already. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the name of a game that is based on a comic book or yep. tangentially mm-hmm. related to a comic book. And you will tell me the year that, that game came out. I will also give you the system that it came out on as well, because otherwise it would be way too hard. Um, all right. Are you ready? Ten questions. Let's play. Which year did the thing happen? All right. Question number one. We need to one. get a copywriter. <laughs> <laughs> Question number one. Shakan for the Mega Drive. Shakan. The most 90s. Uh, 1992? Yes, correct. Shakan. He's a badass skeleton man with swords. Uh, it's a hard game. It's a really difficult game, that one. Yeah. But he's a badass skeleton man. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's that's, you know. Pretty, pretty skeleton ish. Well, I, all I knew was I liked the cover art. I thought that I thought the, the box art of that game looked super badass um, when I was a kid. I never played it, so anyway. Question number two: Dick Tracy for the NES. Now, there's been a lot of Dick Tracy games, uh, but let's talk about NES version. Uh, 1990. Correct. Two for two. 
Well done. Yeah, the Dick Tracy for the NES is a notoriously crappy game. I think the AVGN covered it at some point. Yeah, it's um, not a great game. It's not the worst game. I don't think it's as bad as they made out. It's just not. It's annoyingly hard, I think. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, the Master System version, way different. You walk down the street and punch people and shoot them. And it's just like a game where you just walk around the street massacring people. It's great. It's, it's it seems more suited to the Master System just for the color palette alone. Yeah. Like if we're talking yes. about the Warren Beatty film. Yeah, because there's a very colourful film, um, and the yeah. NES is not a very colourful console. No. Master um, System, though, make you go blind. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's very um, high contrast. Question number three, The Flash for Game Boy. The Flash. Flash for Game Boy. Oh. Mm. Uh, 1993. Oh, close. But I suppose they're all going to be pretty close. 91. So pretty early. 91, okay. Early. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, The Flash. Never right, played now. that game. I'm going to wrap it up for you because I think I've been going yep. a bit easy on your AC because out of all the people in the world, you're probably the best equipped to handle this quiz. So here's a difficult one for you. Garfield, colon, Winter's Tale for the Amiga, Atari ST, Commodore 64, and ZX Spectrum. In other words, early PCs. Uh, when, okay. Uh, when uh, I'm going to guess 1987. 89. Wouldn't surprise you Never to learn there are a buttload of Garfield games out there. There is a and Famicom exclusive one called A Week of Garfield, I think. It never even appeared on any other console, and it's, it's shit out. <laughs> Look, it's not based on, I, fa- I, I refuse to believe anything based on the hilarious and, and definitely not bad comic Garfield is going to be good. <laughs> Uh, I'd say catch and shoot Jim Davis, but even he admits that his comments pretty <laughs> shit out. He's <laughs> like, well, I just cash the check these days. Don't <laughs> Someone must be reading them. Someone's liking them. Anyway, question number five, AC. Ghost Rider for the PlayStation 2, PlayStation Portable, and Game Boy Advance. Ghost Rider. They all came out in the same page. year? Sorry? They all came out in the same year. Yeah, apparently. They're the same game, uh, apparently. 2006. Seven. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, so close. Ah, damn it. So close, yeah. Yeah. That movie, um, man, Nick Cage has never been, like, there's never been a worse role for Nick Cage, I think, than that. Talk about bad casting. Yeah, he just is not a badass biker at all. Um, anyway, question number six, AC. Um, this is a good one. Snoopy's Silly Sports Spectacular for the NES. Ooh, uh, that sounds like uh, an 89 game. Oh, so close, 1990. Oh, man. Ah. So close. Um, Here's some weird trivia about this game. Uh, It was released for the Famicom in 1988 as Donald Duck. Weird, oh it? yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a Kenix game or something like that. Yes, that's right. And and for some reason they thought Donald Duck. Oh, the Westerners won't get that. No, no, Snoopy it wasn't Duck. that. It was the license was only in Japan at the time, oh, yeah. so the license had expired by that time. And uh, because I think Capcom by the early nineties may have had the Disney license, and they were actually making good games. Right. Right. Uh, and and the people who had the license before, I've got some of those older games. They're not for the Famicom. Yeah. They're not. Appar- apparently that game is just a port, like a reskin of an old um, Commodore 64 game called Alternative World Games, where you play yeah, games like um, Log. Doesn't log surprise me. 
yeah, weird stuff like that. Cabotos and that sort of thing. Um, question number seven. Marvel versus Capcom um, for the arcade. When did the arcade. Marvel versus Capcom come out? Oh, bloody hell. Um, 19. Ooh, I used to love this. It's either 95 or 96. Maybe 94. I'm going to say 95. 98, actually. Yeah. Oh, yeah, really? Was that yeah, late? Yeah, that late. Uh, okay, all right, all right. I think I'm, I think I've got in my wires crossed here. Probably yeah, there you go. Um, yes, uh, that's a, an important sort of late um, fighting game, I would say. You know, um, after it, all, it, the did, hype, it did mix it up a bit because you could have three people on each team. Yeah, I think it sort of was a bit of a new lease of life for that genre that was getting a bit stale at that point. Uh, mm. Question number eight. Batman, because there has to be a Batman game in this quiz, right? Batman yep. colon the animated series for Game Boy. Oh, for Game I Boy, I threw this one in for you because I know you like the animated series a lot. So this is this is a special one for you. Not that I think you'll get it necessarily, but just because I thought you might like me even mentioning <sighs> that thing. Nineteen ninety-three. Correct. Points to you, AC. Uh, yes, apparently it only came out for the Game Boy. So, I don't know. I've never seen it. I don't know what it is, but, um, yeah, that, that's a game. There are exists. a couple of uh, Batman animated series, Batman and Robin and a couple other ones. Um, okay. I think there was a mm. Mega CD game. I can't remember. Mm. But apparently there was one that was quite good, but it, the gameplay wasn't good, but it was basically like its own episode of the series, just like with yeah. shitty driving bits in between or something. It's hard to remember, like, just how popular that show was. It was very influential. It was a good show. Like, it yeah. really it really pushed forward Western animation a lot. Yeah, totally. And I think it also brought back the idea of Batman as a serious character for a new generation because I think you and I grew up with, like, the goofy 60s Batman, um, like, Adam West We did. And, and, you know, the, the 89 Batman was also... Oh, yeah, that's true, yes. ...inspired the cartoon. Sorry, no, I should have... I, of course, I'm an idiot. That That movie was clearly what... What did it? But but that only lasted f- like until Batman and Robin. Be- oh, but sorry, Batman yeah. Forever until it became shit house again. So really, yeah. yeah. And also, those movies were considered a bit too mature for um kids. Um, the first two, anyway. Uh, yeah. So, uh, question number nine. Getting through it. Now, this is a fun one. Mm-hmm. The unfortunately titled Quest Probe trilogy. That's Quest Probe P R O B E, featuring the Hulk, Spider Man, the Human Torch, and the Thing. For Atari 8-bit, Apple II, ZX Spectrum, and the C64, of course. Uh, 1983. Oh, so close. 84. Damn. Uh, I think if I do this quiz again, I'm going to give you a buffer zone. I'm going to give you, like, a one-year buffer. No, no, it's fair. It's like, I really, like, there are so many retro games out there. Yeah. Um, And as much as I call myself a retro game and 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 a game historian, I don't know everything, and it's good that I, no, I mean, you know, put is... in my place sometimes. <laughs> you would be a freak if you got 10 out of 10 on this. I don't expect oh, yeah. you to get it. Yeah, this is more a bit of fun, you know. Um, question number 10. Now, I had, to, I had to think, we had to bring it back home because this is Game Life Balance Australia, right? Okay. So yep. I did find, this is not really a comic, well, maybe it is, but I did find um, a game based on Blinky Bill. Um, I was Blinky... hoping it was Ginger Megs. Yeah, that would have been better, but I don't think anyone in their right minds has made a Ginger Megs game. No, I've, I've never seen a Ginger Megs game. Oh, man, I'm going to Google it after this. Um, Blinky Bill's Ghost Cave. Um, a great title for a game. Um, which is basically, I think it was based on an episode of the TV show. Which one? Uh, an edutainment game for PC. Um, when did that game come out? 
that was the sorry the most for the not the nineties TV cartoon the one we the one we sort of grew up with. Okay, no, so I grew up with the eighties one, which was a live action. No, 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 this is a cartoon. Yeah. Okay. If you've never seen the live action Blinky Bill, it's worth looking up on YouTube because they're like puppets, but they do shit like hijack cars. <laughs> for our international listeners, Blinky Bill is a um, a little koala who wears overalls. He's an anthropomorphic koala, and he's yeah. a bit of a dick as well. Let's admit it. He's like a jerk-ass kid, basically. Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, so, Blinky Bill. Uh, I'm going to guess 1997. Oh, again, one year off, 98. Oh, it's so frustrating. Ah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should... No, no, again, that's right. Okay. Uh, I am three. You are seven. Wow, there you go. All right. Well, you, did, I'm, you got three. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. In a very difficult quiz. Um, just one thing. I did find a review of Blinky Bill's Ghost Cave. Yeah, um, how'd that go? Uh, I found is oh man, it's from the um, the Stone Age of the Internet from 1998. Someone wrote a review of Blinky Bill's Ghost Cave. Uh, they gave it three out of five stars. Yeah, middling. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Maybe they didn't, they didn't like the fact that I kind of want to play it. that now. Maybe we should, if we can get a copy of that, we should totally review that. The reviewer didn't like. Let, let the world know what Blinky Bill is. Yeah, we should. Um, we should do that because yeah, God knows it must be sitting somewhere on in someone's you know garage or gum tree or something that would be appropriate oh i'll see if i can find i'll see how you dig up something can't promise cool. anything but uh this brings us to the end of what is probably a very long show yeah uh, we try to keep it short but it didn't, didn't work didn't uh, happen uh but just to close out the show we would like to announce something yes should i announce uh, it and no you, you can announce it. it yeah sure you, you go for it you go for it all right uh, yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, I um, applied to for our show to join the Gotta Geek Network of podcasts, fine podcasting network, um, fine shows. conglomerate, I would all, say. All, yes, each podcast more beautiful than the last. And <laughs> we um, have just received word that for some reason they let us through to the keeper. So we're actually going to be part of the Gotta Geek Network. Um, there's so still we've been putting this off. For a yes. while, it's yes. fair to say, like it's something that we wanted to do because the American, um, the American office of, of Game Life Balance were founding members of this podcast network, and they've been expanding and growing. And at one stage, we thought they're probably going to, at one stage, look at us and go, "Fucking no!" <laughs> but finally, mm. uh, we, as I said, we've been needing to do this a while. Rob has kindly put together a package, which they have. <laughs> accepted which means yes. that uh you know we're going to be doing some promos there's going to be a little bit of a, a bit of a change yeah a slight change to the format yes uh, the, and and just to put this out here we didn't just join the gunner geek network because the americans were part of it like mm. we have actually listened to the podcast and we actually feel that it's quality yes and we were actually thinking we were going to be rejected <laughs> yeah we I assumed that would be the case Rob and I were kind of looking forward to like bad mouthing them <laughs> because <laughs> because we were going to be rejected. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it it turns out we've been accepted with open arms until they actually listen to us, which probably means yeah. that we need to curtail the swears a little bit. I think we should tone it down. I think we should we should tone it down. Yeah, I don't think it look. Yeah, sometimes sometimes mistakes look. happen. I see. <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes people talk people about sexually assaulting what can I say? animals, and sometimes bad jokes happen, especially from your <laughs> end. And uh, hey, 
you're like him in another country, bucko. Yeah, I know. That's why that's why I get to be so flippant. Um, but yeah, look, All so right. keep an eye out. We'll probably be uh the format of the show might change. There's still many things to sort out before that becomes like fully official. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's not like that. You're in. You yeah. You, you know, it's all magical, and you know, we we still need to do a lot of stuff before we can get up to that point. Yeah. Uh, with me being in a, in another country at the moment is a little bit difficult because Rob and I always record together, unless circumstances are against us. And this is one of the few times where Rob and I aren't recording together. Yeah, actually. yeah. So I'll I'll follow that up. We'll have to arrange time to um, actually do a well one of these with um with some of the good folks from Gonna Geek Network just to talk about um. You know the the minutia, the details of how the it's all Yeah, they sign my sign my soul away to the devil and all that good stuff. Um, Can we dress, love, just dress Satan, up as to be clear, it is real Satan. bogans and just like really use our Australian accents? I think it we goes fucking fucking awesome, right? Yeah, cheers. Thank you very much. <laughs> we'll just turn the dial up, the Aussie dial up to eleven. <laughs> I'll just have like a cork a cork hat with the corks dangling. <laughs> Um, just one of us is always humming waltzing Matilda if the other one's talking then they have yeah. to take over I'll just occasionally just stand up and just fire a shotgun out the window and they'll never be explained why <laughs> the um, irony is we don't allow guns in our country what's, we are we are very much I mean to, to be clear you don't actually need to go, go to Australia to experience Australia you just need to go sufficiently far south in North America and you'll eventually start to feel that Australian vibe you know like there's a lot of like you know broken glass on the side of the road there's like bullet holes in the signs you know, a lot of just, churches. Just hire an NES game called Bayou Billy. Yeah, yeah pretty much it. That's pretty much it, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, well, let's, let's wrap it up with that. Um, well. Should, uh, thank you very much for listening to Game Life Balance Australia, the Australian edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Uh, you can find us on the internet at GameLifeBalanceAustralia.com. I am at ProdTally on Twitter. And for some unknown reason, the GLB Australia account. Mm-hmm. Again, and it is hilarious. And yeah. we've hired someone someone with great writing skills who is going to keep that channel yeah. while alive with we gusto. Have um, we have an intern. Yeah. Actually. Thanks, yeah. Kevin. We should give our intern a name. Kevin. <laughs> Make some sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Colin the hobo. Yeah, Colin. I didn't mention Colin. He was just a very nice man who I met at the campsite and uh, probably was worried. Was, that was he naked? Murder. No. He was probably more worried that I was going to murder him. Like when I sort of sized him up, I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's the one who's scared of me, not the other way around. So, you know, um, that was that was fine. He was a nice guy. Talked a lot about skiing. Hmm. Anyway, uh, yes. Um, visit visit the Americans, uh, the American office at GameLifeBalance.us. Uh, Great blokes. Uh-huh. Great knockabout bunch of blokes. <laughs> awesome guys. Each more beautiful than us. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh.